At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 547th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who supports fourth-generation farmers while making healthier chocolates. We're talking with Shari Flam about raw cacao from Belize and Ecuador. Shari began her endeavors in chocolate 15 years ago as a home-based business for family and friends. A dream finally blossomed three years ago with the start of communal uprising chocolate, driven by a passion to help the planet and spread awareness through the heart-opening benefits of cacao. The treats are all free of white sugar, completely ethically and environmentally sound, using no plastics, and purchased through a South American co-op. Communal Uprising Chocolate works for them. They do not work for us, says Shari. We educate about the benefits of raw cacao and create a connection in our minds to positivity. Welcome to the show today, Shari. Are you ready to rock cacao? I am. I'm very ready. Awesome. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Well, I think it was a slow evolution that I didn't know was happening. I didn't realize my life was going to lead me here. And I think like a lot of passions, they can come from having hard times. And I did. I had my share. And through that kind of cracking open, I got to the place where I didn't want to spend any more time not doing what I loved. Mm. Somehow, yeah, in this evolution, this just started blooming for me. It's like a struggle for a rebirth. Who am I? And it was happening at a time when I think the politics were getting pretty spicy. It was, you know, right at the end of 2016. And I needed to have a voice. I needed to be able to add to the world and feel like I was empowered to do that in some way. And we all can only pick one way to do that. So the chocolate thing was coming and it was definitely coming from, you know, some higher self, some voice of source, you know, where am I going to end up? And in a yoga class, I was speaking and somewhere in that speech, I said communal uprising. And I knew it was the name for the business. Uh Uh-huh. And I know it's not neat or tight, but it was what we needed at the time. It was a time when I think people weren't sure they were going to get their needs met and be taken care of by the government. And everyone was a little scared. So this business is for me about we all come together to achieve what we want on the planet. Maybe it started from a sense of feeling like nobody's going to do it for us. So if we're going to do it, we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to step up. Nobody does anything alone. We all do it together. And it was really just a draw. It was being pulled out of me to add to the world in this way. Nice. 
So you just really followed your heart. Yeah. This is yep. one this is one of the big reasons that I like to do this podcast is I like to find people that follow their heart, follow their dreams and create something because you're what you said a minute ago is so true that things happen because and this is my words not yours but you basically said this things happen because somebody says so and you say so about your company. Yeah, that decision. So how did you come about finding cacao to source? You know, it's funny. It it all was happening like in the ethers or something. Everything was just coming together. There's a company in Sedona that is going down to Belize and Ecuador themselves. And I had some of their cacao. I was in my kitchen making creations for myself because I was so tired of the white sugar thing. I was going to hurt myself because I have a terrible sweet tooth. (laughs) Now you know the real reason I'm here. And I created this thing with carob and goji berries and mulberries, the whole cacao beans and shavings and nibs and powder was jam-packed with cacao, but none of it processed. And I started letting friends try it. And they're like, you've got to do something with it. So you see, it was an evolution. This company that I've managed to get connected to is one of a kind. And they're in the city I live in. They're in Sedona. They are connecting with a co-op. I mean, when they get there, it's hugs and handshakes and it's friends. It's supported by 400 fourth generation indigenous farmers that own their own plantations and sell to this co-op. And we are so lucky to be connected with them. They're checking for molds and toxins. Of course, everything's organic and fair trade. And they're bringing back these beans from Ecuador and Belize. This all fell together. I never planned on selling the raw products, just the finished products. But it's just the people are wanting it and they didn't maybe even know they wanted it. But they're getting educated and turned on to getting back to the raw cacao, which is what the South Americans are eating. They pop them in their mouth, the whole cacao beans like nuts. And we are only used to the European, you know, heavily processed cacao, European initiated, and now we've taken it over. Mm-hmm. And white sugar and dairy, and it doesn't have to go down that road to be to get the medicine. In fact, it's better if it doesn't get as much processing. So we'll talk about cacao and what it is here in a minute, but is cacao and chocolate the same thing? In short, yes. Cacao is the raw form of chocolate. Once you process it, they call it cocoa. When it's raw, it's called cacao. My beans are fermented. So people are maybe not clear on that distinction. There's a difference between fermenting beans and roasting beans. You can really only legally get truly raw beans out of the center of the fruit, dried only, in the country of origin because of laws about bringing them into America, bacterial fears. Mm -hmm. So they ferment them in the fruit juice for two to six days, two to eight days, and then they dry them. That makes them, you know, essentially pasteurized and then they're safe to come into the United States, according to the FDA. So So they're fermenting them. They're fermenting them there. They are. They have to. It's a fresh fruit. The cacao is the seed of a fruit, which is so amazing. I didn't know that. I love the fact that chocolate is a seed because a seed is where there is potential. Oh, yeah. That's what chocolate is. Uh-huh. A seed, it's like a crystal. It's a, it's a spark. And it's cool to, to learn that about our, what we saw as Hershey for forever. You know, no offense to Hershey. He was a great philanthropist, you know, but we want to, we want to get back to their heart. That's sort of what I, you know, use as my tagline, back to the heart of chocolate. Nice. 
All right, so start making the connections uh, between the cacao bean and your products, and then we'll jump into the benefits. Most true chocolatiers, I believe, are defined by tempering. Tempering is when you take the liquor, that is, you've taken the whole beans, you've blown the skins off, you've, they've fallen apart into cacao nibs, and they put them in these grinders, in these machines, rolling over stones for many hours, 24 to 48 hours, to make a liquid, which you all know as 100% cacao paste, blending it all together. So from that point, the chocolatiers come in and they add their other things, their, their sugars and whatever else they're going to add, and they get it to a specific temperature. That temperature is aligning the crystals of the chocolate. It's taking it and making them all face the same way. Those are called beta crystals. Cacao paste has six forms of crystals that it can reside in, but only one of them creates it to be the perfection that we see in fine chocolate, where it's snappy and shiny and it's not rubbery. It doesn't have a fat that rises to the surface. Those are called beta crystals. I love that because it shows that the cacao is conversational, that it's responsive, that it's, well, it's alive in a way, and that it can align, that all these crystals can become one thing, which I just think it reflects us aligning and becoming one thing. I just think that the endlessness of chocolate's amazingness just continues to confound me. So I do not temper chocolate. What do you mean temper? I do temper? not do that process. What do you mean temper? Temper means you get it to a temperature where all the crystals are beta. Ah, they've oh, all they've all lined up right? and that creates that finished product that everyone's like, ooh, it's so amazing and shiny and but if you've ever had chocolate that maybe hasn't been tempered, then you go like, oh yeah, that's that's not quite that, you know, professional level. I don't temper chocolate. I leave the beans raw in products. For example, I think I referred to the whole cacao treat is carob as the only sweetener. Carob is naturally sweet. It's a good digestive aid with the goji berries, mulberries, and all those different forms of the cacao. And you're just crunching right into the whole beans. I take them and I heat them to 200 degrees with maple syrup and sesame seeds and then with coffee or anise. You're popping the whole beans right into your mouth like a nut. And and you don't need to eat a lot of them. The medicine's powerful in the raw cacao. I do make truffles, but I'm not tempering for that. I'm using raw honey and coconut cream. And I do not add extra cacao butter to my products. And so they're very powerful medicines. You know, you get the benefits in a very small piece. You, I don't really imagine wanting to eat, you know, six of my truffles at a time. So, it's a so, very, it's very dense. Yeah, so I actually ate some of your truffles, a couple of them, when we were in Sedona over Christmas. We got some from it. They were amazing, but they don't quite align with what you would expect when you put chocolate in your mouth, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. They're very soft, or at least the truffles are. Yes, that is true. It's a it's a a change that takes it back to a more basic rendition of chocolate. I always have to have this feeling like the the products I'm creating, you can hear the like the pulsating earth underneath them. Nice. You want them connected to where they came from, an ancient tradition. Yeah. And so you've mentioned the health benefits a couple of times of eating raw cacao. Tell me about that. Well, that's an endless story. There are so many benefits to cacao that it's hard to even name them all. 
the basic minerals, zinc, copper, magnesium, selenium, iron. Magnesium, I think, is at the forefront of that list. Magnesium is needed for every cell function. We don't have such access to it anymore because we don't rotate our crops. It's not in the soil anymore. Mm -hmm. So we have to supplement. Magnesium is very high in it. And I, in chocolate, and I used to get leg cramps. I don't get them anymore since I opened this business. Oh, interesting. Because I was deficient in magnesium. Mm -hmm. Another thing about chocolate is the chemicals that are in it. You'll all probably uh, recognize serotonin, oxytocin, and maybe anandamide. Serotonin is the natural antidepressant. It's the happy drug. (laughs) Oxytocin is, right? Oxytocin is the, the love drug. I mean, I think this right here is why we go for chocolate. And whenever someone says chocolate, you know, 99.9% of people go, ooh, chocolate. Because they're feeling the chocolate. And Mm -hmm. when you feel the chocolate and when you, you get the vibration of it and the ingesting of it, you get those benefits. They make you happy because they literally bring happiness. They vibrate to happiness. The other thing they vibrate to is love. Oxytocin is the feeling that's released in you when you fall in love. So we associate it with that correctly, by the way. It's really in there. Another one of those chemicals is called anandamide. This is otherwise known as the bliss molecule. Ananda in Sanskrit means bliss. And what it does is vascularly, it actually opens the heart. So I'm talking on a physical level and also on a chemical level. It opens the heart and It's a very interesting molecule. It actually works through the endocannabinoid system. Now, you might be thinking right now, oh, wow, I know that. And you do from CBD and THC. Oh, yes. The systems that, right. So the the THC and CBD is the thing on the planet that can open up a particular system within us as humans that can bring homeostasis. Another word for homeostasis is balance. Wow. So eat lots of cacao. Yes. What happens is, you know, the reason that THC is coming back is because it has so many different ailments it can help. You know, 25,000. If you're depressed, it can make you happy. If you're anxious, it can calm you down. Because what that means, homeostasis, is it can bring you what you need. And now go ahead and imagine that chocolate runs down that system. It's actually, again, listening and able to create in your body what you need. I think that's one of the most amazing things that I personally know about cacao. So another thing that I think is interesting that I like to just sort of reflect on when you're eating the raw cacao is the fact that it has the power to take us out of survival mode when we get back to it in its native form. When we're eating processed foods, It taxes our system and it puts us in survival mode. We stay in the sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight. We're like, we're a mess and we don't even know it. We can't get our heads above water. When we start to eat healthier foods, it allows the system to calm down and stop having to fight the foods. It's rather nourished by the foods we eat. The more we do that, the more we calm down, the more we start to thrive. And then at some point in there, this little light goes off in us, getting us out of sort of a a self-focus and makes us say, gosh, I feel good. And from there, we can say, okay, how do I help? How do I help the planet? So 
I believe hot chocolate has a lot of the power to, to, to help us calm down and, you know, get into the root chakra, get grounded again, clean out our systems so that we can actually apply ourselves to creating a better planet, which we're doing right now very wow. well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there's a whole lot of awakening here. Yes. In cacao. Definitely. Gotta love that. I'll t- can I tell you one more story? Please. <laughs> I love this. A cacao is an acquired taste. So when we're in stress, we have, you know, there, you might have mashed potatoes and gravy or you want ice cream or you want your comfort foods. And that's okay. Sometimes we need to suck our thumbs. Sometimes we need to be safe and feel that groundedness. And that's okay. But when we're ready to venture out, we lean into what's called acquired taste or new things. A baby does at every stage of life. They spit out collard greens and then suddenly one day they eat the collard greens. What's happening there is they're building a neurological pathway to enjoy those foods, recognizing it's good for them. And the body is more powerful than the simplicity of the palate at that stage. So I love when we're at the farmer's market's table and I give somebody a whole cacao bean who has not experienced it before and they put it in their mouth and they start to chew. And I can tell there's this look on their face like they're eating something that isn't pleasing them, you know, the, the bitterness or whatever. And then they keep chewing and all of a sudden they, they kind of look up to the right and they change the look on their face to more of like this, you know, curiosity. And then they look to the left and then they might say, huh, hey, that, oh, that's not so bad. And then they look down to the left and they go, oh, yeah gosh, that's pretty good. And it's like <laughs> in that moment, wow. they literally built a neurological pathway right then. And there's no going back from that. Like there's no more going back to the junk stuff. When you do that, you chocolate literally makes you smarter. <laughs> wow. And you get to experience this a lot because when we met, you were at the farmer's market and I, I stood back and watched to see out of curiosity how you were interacting with people and you have you do that a lot, right? I do. I am so grateful. It's it's my favorite part of the job. It's connecting with people. Mm-hmm. It really is. And we talk and we educate and there's there's hugs and there's transparency and sometimes there's tears and educating. It's and then they're taking it home and we're staying together. We're staying connected and they're coming back for more and they're telling friends it's it's a wonderful experience. I'm very grateful for. Wow. I get the privilege of sharing this medicine. Mm-hmm. I had no idea the medicine behind cacao. For me, it's always yeah. been chocolate. Yep. And, and chocolate's fine. Chocolate's good. I just would like to recommend we get out of the white sugar because we eat it and our brain goes, oh, gosh, I know this is good for me. But at the same time, our body's going, oh, gosh. I know I'm going to fight this later mm-hmm. because of the white sugar. It's, it's hard for our system. So we have this dichotomous relationship with chocolate where we're like, we know it's good. And yet later we go, ah, so if we get the white sugar out, we can have just the pure reflection of cacao and its medicine. Pick a milder form of sweetener. You know, I love raw honey. You may just want uh, even just stevia or maple syrups a, a step up or whatever it is that you come to in your chocolates, there are alternatives out there and they can let our system hear better the medicine. Yeah. Well, white sugar is so incredibly bad for us to start with, Yeah, you know, getting, yep. getting on a new platform about that is really valuable. 
truly. I think it's like the first thing we need to do to start allowing our bodies to mellow out and then therefore start to wake up. We're, we can't survive this white sugar, you know, epidemic that we have going on. Yeah. It's too much. Right. And, and when we're eating, when we eat a chocolate bar with a white sugar, we can easily eat the whole thing because our brain's becoming addicted. And we're like, oh, where'd that go? There's a wrapper on the table. <laughs> but when you, <laughs> <Right>? take the, <laughs> when you take the white sugar out, that stops. I have people who buy a truffle. They're very rich. And they'll cut a sliver off and then walk away. And that's, that's it. They, they're sparking the memory in their body of the medicine. And that's all they needed. Ah, oh, we got the love drug. Ah, oh, we got the calm. Whatever else they wanted from it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're letting their body learn to create and remember that calm from a nibble. Wow. So tell me about the treats yeah. that you create. I've always enjoyed making treats. And so it's sort of the area where I, I can't quite stop myself. So there, there are quite a few. The <laughs> nice. whole cacao treat. I, yeah, I, the whole cacao treat I've mentioned with the whole beans in it. I have nut butter crisps, which are, I started those as a gentle introduction to cacao for like kids because they only have the nibs dispersed throughout a nut butter rice crispy treat. So there's honey, there's peanut butter, there's almond butter, and there's cashew nut butter with matcha green tea. And rice crisps, the honey, Himalayan salt, and the nibs. And that's it. So they're like an energy bar. You put that in a kid's lunch, they're never going to miss a Hershey bar. And it's just a gentle upgrade. You can count the ingredients. You can pronounce the ingredients. That one is amazing with ice cream in the middle of two of them. They're an insane ice cream sandwich. So oh, we nice. sell that at one of the stores in Sedona here. The maple beans I mentioned, we have the truffles. Um, Soma bar is seven Ayurvedic herbs with ghee, honey, and cacao paste in a bar. The seven herbs, this is probably my most well-loved product at the farmer's market table. People take this one home and really just take a little bit every day. These seven herbs were, are blended together by my yoga teacher, the one who trained me here in Sedona. Mm-hmm. She got the recipe. I mean, she's been teaching for 40 years. So it's an ancient Ayurvedic recipe she had passed down to her. What those seven herbs do is calm the nervous system. They actually coat the myelin sheath. They return the myelin sheath. Anxiety shakes it off. And then there's no buffer on the edges, on the, on the tips of our nerves. This returns it. It actually calms the nervous system. I take this powder and I put it into a bar and it's got the ghee in it, which makes it this umami, creamy, little bit soft effect. It's, it's terrific. I also have plenty of raw products. I have beans, nibs, paste, powder. I have a ceremonial grade cacao paste, which is just my the star shining in my eye. Everybody loves this one. It is ground right in Sedona from a six-day fermented Belizean cacao bean. More fermentation means more digestive enzymes and antioxidants. It also makes the beans taste more sour and pungent. And they blend this right in Sedona into a paste. So you're just eating a piece plain in the morning on an empty stomach and initiating the microbial gut activity, or you're stirring it in hot water with cinnamon and cayenne and sort of having this morning ritual out of it. It is a real treasure, and that is something I'm very proud to be able to offer wow. and have for myself every day. <laughs> and, and where can we, because you ship, don't you? 
Yes. So we where do. can we, we ship find... all over the United States. Great. Where can we find you our, to buy some? Our our website is out there. It's www.lettercchocolate.com. Cuchocolate.com. That's it. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Find nice. us. We'd love to chat with you. Have a conversation with us. We want to know what you can add to our education about cacao. We want all your questions. Yeah. Cool. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you learned from it. I think that if I'm going to answer this question, that I might as well go deep. And, you know, looking at my life as a whole, I just, I think there's really only one thing that I don't want to say I regret, because that's a very sad perspective on life. We can't do that. We can learn. And if you don't have things that you feel that way about, then... Maybe you, ha- you haven't even dug deep enough to really learn the hard things. And I, I did that in a relationship that I was in for a very long time. It, it was not healthy. It was not stable. It was not accepting. It was not acceptable. But I did get two amazing children from this relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't leave it soon enough. And mm. it was a really hard time. It was, and I, it was so hard. I didn't even know it was hard. I think my passion for gliding back into the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest comes from all the years I spent in fight or flight, not even knowing it. Cause when you're in fight or flight, you don't know you're in fight or flight. You don't know. You simply cannot rest in your body. I spent a lot of years doing that. And that's why I've pulled so hard to come the other direction with the yoga and the cacao because I need it and I deserve it. And I didn't bring it to myself as soon as I'd wished. But now here I am. Wow. And Six years later. Yeah. And your biggest success? I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I think it's every day. I think... It's that I've, I've gotten myself to this point, this cracking open of my soul as, as a human, as a, a woman, as a mother, as a business person, that I've just dug deep. And, you know, sometimes when you let things be enough of a mess and you go in that much into the pain in your life, you, you can crack open and you know where you're not willing to accept things that you used to and that you just desperately want to make the best you can out of your life. And so this drove me into that passion. I don't want to waste a minute. I want to create. I want to live in my purpose. I want to pay for my existence on the planet with a hard, cold cash of helping and making a difference. Nice. And what drives you? The desire to always be connected to my heart, to be able to feel that love, to not get swept up in something that's detached from the place where we all connect as creatures on the planet, mm-hmm. all to stay connected there. It's easy to get out of bed in the morning when you're doing what you love. <laughs> right? And I've, right? Yeah. It's like a mantra for our hearts. Now, it's hard to get there. And that's the journey to love where we are, no matter where it is, even if it's a job we hate or a living arrangement that doesn't serve us or whatever it is, we got to start with where we are, crack that open, accept that, see what are the lessons in there for me in this environment until we eventually we pull everything aside and we hear our own voice. And then we try to stay with that and forge our life from there. And that, then there's no difference between career and home life or, you know, it's like you're, you're in it. Yeah. Wow. 
And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? It's hard to pick a single book, though I, I could. I would probably say Walt Whitman, Leaves of Grass. What I love is the transcendentalists. They sparked me. I always had a love for nature, but they, mm -hmm. they just, they, they sung what I already knew. And I don't know if, if everyone was raised being in nature or not. I don't know what other people know, but these writers from this, you know, beginning of the 1900s, I mean, these are writings from a long time ago, but what they do is they they spark us back to our love of nature and our prioritizing of it, and they do it unapologetically, passionately. They revel in, you know, waking up in the morning and the smell of the grass, and they just, it's so simple and overwhelmingly conscious-ridden that anytime I need to just remember what it is I feel like I'm doing here on the planet I go there. It's not just nature. It's the passion that that I connect with. These, it's it's like these. My favorites, you know, Thoreau and Whitman and Emerson are the most famous of them. They weren't super masculine, you know. They were they were balanced. They had this worship of the feminine, but they didn't even call it that. There was no feminism to speak of for right. them. They were just they were just so balanced in who they were, that they could express a love of nature and a love of themselves and a hearkening back to looking at ourselves and what's important. And there's a time they were writing and in where industrialization was really overtaking America. And they were saying, not me, you know, I'm hanging out in nature. I sing the body electric. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners? On a very kind of more grounded level, there is a TV show on Netflix called Rotten, and there's an episode called Bitter Chocolate. I highly recommend everybody watch that. It talks about this bottleneck in the African chocolate trade, where on the bottom, you have all these individual farmers that are working their little plantations who are not getting their needs met. And then in the middle, you have three companies that are taking the cacao from all these individuals and bringing it into the United States. And they control everything. They control the finances. They literally say no when the, the small cacao farmers are asking for raises so they can support their families. And they don't have a choice but to keep giving them chocolate because they're all there is. It's a total monopoly. Then it comes up to all of us who want the chocolate, but we don't realize what's happening down there. And I think we must know. And the thing to do and to take is we have to get our own chocolate ethically. If you get it from Middle or South America, you're going to be okay. There's very few companies that are getting it from Africa where it's treated well. There's an amazing man named Axel Emmanuel, who is a wonderful man to study, who is starting to build its own chocolate making industry right in Africa with 200 women. So he is getting around that. You see, we need to evolve this system. And I think that's an education that most of us don't have. So right. if I was to give advice about chocolate, I would definitely say that. And what was the name of TV show was, again? It's called Rotten. Oh, yes. Rotten. Yeah. And the episode is called Bitter Chocolate. On Netflix. On Netflix. Excellent. Yeah, I, we, we 
put our little toe in that. I think we watched the one about garlic. There's one on garlic. There's it's different uh, different foods that are in that show, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was so enlightening. Excellent. So I recommend that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Shari. I'm overjoyed to have been here talking with you, Greg. Thank you so much. I can tell. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? (laughs) Well, like I said, Communal Uprising Chocolate is on Facebook. We would love to have you come and hang out and chat with us. We're on Instagram, through the website. You can flat out pick up the phone and call me and my number's on the website. I'd love to chat, tell you more details about anything you want to know. Awesome. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash CU chocolate. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.